This podcast is being recorded on the traditional land of the Blackfoot Confederacy. This consists of the Kainai, Pekani, Siksika, and the Blackfeet in the U.S. We acknowledge the Stony Nakoda, which consists of the Bearspaw, Morley, and Chiniki. We acknowledge the Satina, who are Dene, and the Métis, Inuit, status and non-status from all of Turtle Island, and those who are visiting. We are all treaty people. Welcome to the Dave Leary Show. Welcome to the Voices in Recovery podcast, brought to you by Freedom's Path Recovery Society in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Thank you for tuning in. Please remember that these opinions that are shared are those of the individuals and not of any agency, organization, or other entity, unless otherwise specified. Also, if you're a minor, please check with your parent and or guardian as you need to have permission to listen to these podcasts. We will potentially talk about violent subject matter, sexual content, and difficulties human beings face on their day-to-day lives in recovery. Welcome to Voices in Recovery. Uh, tonight's guest is Marco and... Marco, take it away. The, the really weird thing about this is, and I'll say this little piece before you start talking, is that I actually know Marco's family. My yeah. family knows Marco's family going back probably at least 30 years. Yeah, I'd say like two generations. Like Two generations. Exactly, yeah. yeah. That's crazy. It is really crazy. Super, super small world. Yeah. How that, um, how that all works out, yeah. It is really small because, I mean, the, the chances of us going into the same, to the same place, right? Yeah. And then recognizing each other or the name. Yeah. And I, I was like, wow, this is so weird. Cause it's your, your dad too, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and I'm like, this is way too weird. Yeah. And I, I was talking to him earlier today. I'm like, Hey, like, um, do you know Dave? And he's like, Dave Lurie. And I'm like, yeah, he's, um, I'm, I'm doing a podcast with him. And yeah. Like, oh man. I, I, um, I grew up with his family mm-hmm. back in the day. So yeah, it's it's just crazy how like over the years, uh, these just just a very small world. It is. Calgary's a very very small world. Yeah, and then things get smaller the longer you're here, eh? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, Marco, thanks for coming on today, man. Thanks for well, having me. Man, it's a pleasure and an honor. I mean, I didn't know, I didn't recognize that when I asked you. I think, but maybe at the same time I did, where I recognized the family connection, right? But, um, so yeah, take it away, man. I could babble all day but nobody wants to hear my shit <laughs> yeah I'm not. yeah you know what um yeah thanks for having me dave and uh it's it's uh it's a an, an very interesting time mm-hmm. to just be a human being and to yeah kind of see um where we're at like even now like we're sitting six feet apart and yeah maintaining social distancing and yeah and i was just i, I just picked up uh, peters on the way here mm-hmm. and uh just being in like a a hot spot for Calgary for yeah. just even like a drive-through and you see like how very aware people are of mm-hmm. their social space and I don't think that was something that people really were in tune with until in, until this came out you see people like even yesterday I was uh, going for a, a run down the sidewalk and mm-hmm. coming up on somebody and they even crossed the street to kind of maintain that space so yeah, yeah we're just in a very very different time Wow, man, that, and it's crazy. Was Peter's really busy? You know what? Yeah, the the drive through. There must have been 
oh, I don't know, like 30 to 30 cars there probably, but wow. five people at the standing in line to go, yeah. to, go to the window. So that's yeah. not bad. Yeah, which wasn't which isn't too bad. Usually, it's it's yeah. it's packed, right? But I'm not surprised people are staying in their cars, though. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. But yeah, it's interesting to think of what everyone was doing this time last year. Yeah. Hey, I mean, like we're into March, and you think about last year, and just we're in such a completely different environment. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you know, I was just even thinking just on the drive here about uh, about how the the uh, things I I, I wanted to. Sh- to share this this afternoon and um, mm. yeah it's, it's interesting uh, you um, uh, think of where we were at as a society yeah six months ago yeah 12 months ago and how much that has changed in the last the last couple of weeks and how that can either bring us together mm-hmm. or it can drive us apart right yeah what do you think's happening like do you see do you see people more like it's hard to tell at this point, right? Because we're not really seeing a lot of people, yeah. you know, but like, except for online. And online is very misleading, right? Um, yeah. As to what people think, right? Yeah. Because um, out, out there, I'm hopeful, right? Like I'm hopeful that this will pause us and help us move forward without getting entangled in some of the same stuff that we were tangled mm-hmm. up in. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, do you, do you feel that way or you feel more pessimistic? Um, do you know what? I definitely feel hopeful in quite a few senses. I mean, mm-hmm. just even everyone's taking self-isolation pretty seriously, but then, uh, I was out outside over the weekend, um, just going for a walk and going for a run and seeing families, families of five mm-hmm. going to the grocery store as a family. I saw lots of kids outside playing and, mm-hmm. You know what? And that's just uh, one of the uh, benefits to this. If there are, if you can, if you can look at, yeah, some of the good things is that it, it's, it's, it's connecting people. Yeah. Right. And, um, yeah, which is entirely a, a choice, right? So you mm-hmm. can choose to, choose to go outside, spend time with your family, or you can choose to, to self isolate your, yourself, not just to the world around you, but internally. Mm-hmm. Right, and I was just thinking about that this afternoon, and yeah. So I guess that uh, part of my story is, um, you know, I I I I've been working on the street for the last uh, two years here, mm-hmm. and um, it was my uh, second, or it was kind of in between my first and second year, and mm-hmm. uh, and like you're on your own out there, and working shift work obviously has its own has its own effects on you, but yeah, um, yeah I, th- I think. Um, Spring of summertime of last year was definitely a a very trying time. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember uh, having to go to this this one situation where uh, this this person had uh, fallen or uh, jumped in front of the C train downtown, and um, just being one of the first people to get there, one of the first people to try oh, to geez. help, and you're with there with you know like all the paramedics, first responders are out, mm-hmm. and it's it's a very it was, you know, after thinking about it, it's a very weird atmosphere to be in because you're in a, you're downtown, in the middle of downtown. It's the middle of rush hour. People are going to and from, to do and from work. Most of them don't even know what happened. They just yeah. see, they see. It's got goosebumps, man. It's right? so surreal. Yeah. Right? Like you're down there and it's not like the movies. There's no music. There's no, mm. there's nothing to kind of get that tension up all you 
all you have is what you see there and you see hundreds of people who are going to work and there are the people there that obviously saw what happened right mm-hmm. with this person falling in, in front of the train getting hit by the train and you're um yeah you're just you're just there and, and you have to deal with it and mm-hmm. and everything i think when i went back and thought about it and kind of reviewed things it, i was there for about three minutes mm-hmm. three minutes but just seeing the 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 trauma and then you with the backdrop of everyday life of mm-hmm. people going about their business and um that entire incident took my involvement and that was only about half an hour i would say mm-hmm. but uh um, and I think that's kind of kick-started like a series of events that that summer that were just difficult emotionally spiritually for for me and mm-hmm. um, it would just felt like I was experiencing a lot of death yeah and lots of trauma and um, having to, to witness something traumatic and then in my own personal life uh, not too long after that I had a family member commit suicide mm-hmm. who was who was uh, uh, very close to me and to my uh, yeah, just a very, very uh, significant um, portion of our family, and uh, oh, so which, which was tough, right? Which is yeah. tough, and uh, and um, after that, and wasn't too long after that, or I, I went to attend a similar situation with another suicide, and was just, just, yeah, it was a very uh, difficult year, and it was an exposure to something mm-hmm. that. I've had some work experience that has put me near that, but yeah. it was it was uh, nowhere near what I was experiencing that summer and that springtime. Mm-hmm. It was, yeah, it was definitely um, a very trying time professionally and yeah. and then emotionally and spiritually. And yeah, it was it was a huge struggle for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. to <clears throat> to think about the the person who fell in front of the train or or jumped right, just that one incident, it has it has so much in it. Right, because I remember when I worked for Transit years ago. I was a Transit mm-hmm. Special Constable with them. Mm-hmm. I was there about two years. I was terrible, terrible constable. <laughs> Ser- seriously, I was awful. But we did go to a sea train death. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a murder, actually. It was the mm-hmm. one at the Eighth Street Station back when that was still there. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, right in front of the Seven by Eight Max. There, there used to be a station, and and that station, a woman pushed a kid mm-hmm. who owed her money for dope. Uh, that came out later. Right. But I was there with uh, we were there with um, police, fire and EMS. And when they had to move the train because he was twisted in between the train yeah. and, the, and the platform. Sorry, I'm, I don't want to re-traumatize no, anybody no, out man. there. Yeah, I'm just no, trying to describe good. that um, because when when you're there, you all, all I can remember, really, like some of the details are really shady for me mm-hmm. because of all that like trauma that's involved yeah. and it's it's not just the event right it's the fact that people other people are watching and somebody knows who it is and yeah. and there's all kinds of stuff that went through our head my head and then watching them <clears throat> collect the the body right was that was probably because it was disturbing right mm-hmm. the images were disturbing i won't share what they were um but it was just that kind of thing yeah. So then you had another compounded on there, mm-hmm. right? So it's so like after the first time, like, what do you do? What do you do to cope with that stuff? Oh, geez, I remember after the the uh, train incident, and what was, and I'm I'm for sure, and, and this is this is 
going back to what you said about not sharing all the details, and mm-hmm. I'm not going to share all the details, yeah, but going to that, but this person was was very much still conscious at that oh, time. Oh, jeez. And um, unfortunately, he, he he had died shortly after that. But yeah. it was, uh, yeah, and that is just something that I think as, as human beings, and it's something that we were not supposed to see. It's yeah. something that the human mind is not supposed to supposed to mm-hmm. have to witness right and it's the kind of thing that i can only equate to being in a, in a war zone mm-hmm. right and um i remember after the fact i uh i had to continue on with the next couple hours of my shift there and i remember the day after i uh i, I felt like i was in a fog yeah i felt like i was just kind of swimming yeah. swimming through the following day um of yeah i, I was wearing some of the same same um, uniform as the day before and driving around in the same vehicle, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. it just felt like a, a continuation of yeah. of the day before. And it just dragged on. And um, but but, you know, what was kind of cool about that day and was something that I that just happened out of nowhere is that uh, we went to the hospital with this individual and uh, I got someone took over for me, I was able to leave and uh, kind of going through the hospital hallways. And then my uh, my cousin actually, uh, who was doing his 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 uh, PT at the hospital there, his placements, mm-hmm. happens to come around the corner. Yeah. Right, and, and uh, we got to just spend time together and I didn't tell him exactly what happened, but uh, definitely for me that was a, a gift from God, and that was mm. placing somebody who I already had a good connection with, someone who I've grown up with, being able just to, for him to be present, to have a friendly face was mm. was huge, and um, just Enormous. something small like that, and I, I don't really equate that to coincidence at all. Yeah. And, yeah, It'd be hard to see helpful. that as a coincidence, eh? Yeah, no, 100%, <laughs> right? Like, I think, yeah, after being in this line of work and yeah. some of the things, I, it's hard to believe that there's a coincidence. Yeah. You know what I mean? So because he was there when you needed him, right? Yeah, hundred percent, and uh, super helpful. But yeah, I just remember after the fact, um, things kind of settling, and you take what you've witnessed, and then you now have to go and in, back into your your like your home life. You have mm-hmm. to. And um, at the time, I had been uh, married for a couple months. Um, uh, the uh, wife and I got married in uh, April of last year. This was only a couple months after that that, wow. that this happened, right? So yeah. immediately went back and was just able to share that experience with her as as much as I could, mm. and uh, super helpful. So you definitely find where your support structure is, and yeah. you um, yeah, it's it's a huge test for sure of mm. of of how to cope. And um, yeah, I remember after that, a couple of days after that, just realizing that ah, something's not right. Mm something is something's off um yeah this isn't normal i don't feel kind of normal and i felt foggy and felt almost numb yeah right and uh sometimes i even think of that as as uh as as your body's as your mind's way of protecting itself Mm -hmm. right like when uh gives you distance yeah it helps you to distance it and we think of even a a physical trauma Mm -hmm. the body goes into shock to protect the mind from the pain that you're experiencing and that instance that that train incident was definitely that that visual trauma Mm -hmm. so that feeling of detachment of being numb is 
and in some ways, in my opinion, is your body trying to protect yourself, mm-hmm. right? Trying to protect your mind from that. Yeah, so, I agree. I think that's abs- I think that's accurate. I'm not a doctor, but that sure makes sense. Yeah. Right. Right. So. Because whenever that happens, it's kind of like the the brain puts up a filter, right? Mm-hmm. Which is that gives us that distance. It, at least that's how I've articulated to myself, right? Is mm-hmm. that when you see something awful that you're not supposed to see, right? The brain's going to naturally do something, right? It's why lots of us who've had like childhood trauma, when as we grow up, that that trauma comes back, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because during the trauma itself, the brain had distanced, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's almost like it happened to somebody else, not quite us, right? Yeah. And, and any tra- every every trauma I've experienced kind of has the same hmm. impact, right? Yeah, because the mind is trying to protect itself, right? Yeah, yeah. And you and I know in some instances it's almost like you're viewing that instance in, in, in third person. Yeah, right. As if it's not that didn't happen to me; it was somebody else. I'm just viewing. I'm watching it happen. Yeah, right. But yeah. In, in, like in reality, that that was you experiencing that and seeing that and taking that all in through all your senses mm-hmm. and like being the one to fully experience that. So, um, yeah. So after that, I, I definitely realized that I, I, I'm just going to need to need to speak to somebody. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, I definitely, I was able to, I'm a huge fan of, of peer support. Yep. Right. And, um, I'm, I'm a huge, huge, huge fan of that. And being able to speak with people who are in that environment with you and, yep. um, who can speak to some of those experiences, right? For sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I, I can't remember if we went for coffee right after that, or was it a couple of weeks after? I, I can't after remember. That? I think it was a couple of weeks. A couple after. weeks after yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, because not not too long after that, I uh, reached out to psych services mm-hmm. and uh, got an appointment with a therapist yeah. and um, set up some treatment sessions. So you know what? It 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 might have been after that. After we had coffee that one yeah. day. Could have been. Yeah, but um, it, it's and I just want to put a make a point as you're saying this. Yeah. I don't want to interrupt you, but no worries, man. It's so important that you say what you're saying about getting help, right? Because you know as well as I do, there's a lot of people that won't just because of pride or whatever it is that goes on, right? Yeah. That won't reach out to get help. So I think it's very important that you're saying that. Um, but also I, to talk about the peer support, I, I I think peer support is probably see the services most valuable asset mm. I don't I think it's underutilized but I, I think that that is probably the best place to go right especially to start to, to have that like you said that um, people who understand mm-hmm. you know people who have seen other stuff they shouldn't have seen yeah you know yeah yeah hundred um, percent sorry I'm, I'm just gonna backtrack a little yeah bit sorry I interrupted uh, you man. no no it's all good I'm just remember that I'm, I'm getting my timeline Kind of skewed. Um, mm-hmm. What happened with the train was actually after uh, my family member passed away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it just, I'm just going to establish that. You're but, allowed. Um, you're allowed yeah. to go wherever you need to go. Yeah. Because right? that's <laughs> that's kind of an effective trauma though too. Mm-hmm. When when you see something from a third person perspective, it's almost like, well, it didn't really happen to me, so it could have happened at any point in time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And and you know, part of it, you you, you get your you get your timeline jumbled and totally just you know, in some ways, that's also a, a, a defense mechanism yeah. too, right? But yeah, I know. Like, I'm a huge, huge supporter of, of peer support, and, mm. and I was super grateful that 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 we got to go and sit down for coffee mm. and you know, just, just just be able to share, just be able to share some of that. And mm. um, but yeah, um, I just going back to what you're saying about uh, people not not going going for help and. Mm. 
um, say what you will about um, someone's own, uh, trying to find the words here, someone's own um, mental fortitude, but mm -hmm. there are, are some things that we cannot handle by ourselves, right? Yeah. And um, I think that very much in the the culture that we're in, and I think of, I almost equate it to like a high school sport or like a college mm. sport culture. And um, I was fortunate to be able to to play football at a at a college level yeah. for for a couple seasons. And I I just e equates how we handle trauma to the that kind of culture, especially mm. especially coming from a a masculine culture and yeah. being men where. I guess um, the old adage is to is to, is to suck it up and you know to just tough it out and um, yeah take some time but you're gonna be okay and mm -hmm. you're gonna get through this and you're gonna be strong and without people and, and and it's yeah and I'm I'm I've seen that so much and I've mm -hmm. seen that in the culture of sport and then the the culture and in, in in the professional world and when it comes to trauma like you can't there's only so much that you can do on your own strength mm -hmm. right and um i think that we're still we still have some uh, lingering um trying to find the words here again uh it's there's still so much of that culture that's been in, ingrained in us to, yeah. to just tough it out yeah right and uh, you can't do that mm -hmm. um was, I was thinking about this earlier about the thought of well like you can't take that home with you like how many times have we heard don't don't take this home with mm -hmm. you you know like what happens at work or and uh, yeah. in school stays there and you don't bring that home to your yeah. to your families but how do you do that and mm -hmm. you know after some of these experiences like I I think that we take that with us regardless yeah. of whether we want to or not right yeah. and maybe that that comes in the form of you you just have a bit less patience with your with your spouse or mm -hmm. with your kids than you normally would and yeah. i think even in in the first responder community like that's a that's a that's a job that just inherently changes you mm -hmm. right like you yeah. you can't walk away from that without some kind of residual effect mm -hmm. so Agreed. Because yeah. I mean, any any person going through that same similar trauma would have the same problems, right? Yeah. Right. right. Like yeah. you can't you can't train that out of people. No. You know, um, maybe maybe some some people can, but I don't. Yeah. Think so. Right. And and you know, mm -hmm. I'm 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 sure that there are those people out there that yeah. that have that that fortitude and and I might be able to to put certain events into a box and mm -hmm. to be able to compartmentalize. But I think just like as humans in general, like we are yeah. susceptible to that. Right. And, uh, yeah. And you see that, uh, a lot in the uh, military and, mm -hmm. and, 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 and trauma and, um, yeah, you just, you are going to take something home with you yeah. and, and you have to find, find that support structure. So for me, that was, that was reaching out to to uh, close friends and uh, mentors, mm -hmm. and um, I was super thankful for my wife and being able to talk to yeah. her. She's been huge support, but uh, knowing that like uh, there's going to be a time where I need to speak to somebody professionally, so mm -hmm. that was one of my first steps was to reach out to a to a therapist, and yeah. um, we I uh, got I've been to a couple sessions now, and um, she's. Uh, well, what we've talked about is a new form of therapy called accelerated recovery therapy. Oh, okay. Um, A R T, hmm. art. 
I guess. So um, it's something that that's, uh, doesn't have a ton of empirical research behind it, but mm-hmm. it's something that's being pushed forward as yeah. being as, as being very useful. And I'm not sure if it's something that that you've heard of or I, I haven't heard of it, but I'd be I'm interested to hear about it. Yeah. So so essentially, um, it's. It's it, it doesn't take a ton of time. It's essentially using. So what the therapist does is is they sit across from you. So you're sitting in two chairs. They face you and they they hold their hand up or a pen, and they make you focus on that on that pen or that hand. And then they move it side to side across your vision. So what that does is is it simulates um, your um, a dream cycle. Hmm. Um, so when you go in, into your your dream cycle of of sleep, uh, you have um, uh, what you'll notice in people, if you watch, if you watch studies on people that sleep, it's that rapid eye movement. Okay. So, so the eyes are moving rapidly from side to side. So, what that's indicative of is that's indicative of someone who's into a, a heavy REM cycle and is is dreaming. Yeah. And it, uh, what it, what um, this therapy does is it is it tries to simulate putting you into that cycle, and it, it really stimulates part of your brain, mm-hmm. the um, creative uh, part of your brain. Okay. And so as the, the therapist is uh, doing that, you're focusing on the eye movements and then the therapist is asking you to recall the event, that traumatic event from start to finish. Mm-hmm. But now you are essentially a, a film director or you're the painter. Like you are taking what happened, taking the facts of what happened. The facts will, will always stick with you. Mm-hmm. But now transforming that specific um, vision of events into something that that is much more manageable. Mm-hmm. So, you are imagining what you like, what you wish that you would have seen that mm-hmm. day. So, case in point, um, I have the facts of the train incident. I have facts of walking up to the train and and witnessing that trauma. But now, through through the, this this form of therapy, I can now transform that into a way that I have shown up on scene. I'm imagining that that traumatic event, the people involved in that traumatic event aren't there, or they might be there, but in different places. Mm-hmm. So I can imagine that it was another day. I can go up to the that, that uh, train station. I can see the train tracks without the blood mm-hmm. and the gore and the scene. I can um, take that away. Mm-hmm. So what it does is it's transforming your mind's um, a vision of what happened while still retaining those facts. Mm, so, okay. um, and you uh, go through several, several cycles of that. They take about thirty seconds to to a minute mm-hmm. in between, and the entire therapy itself takes about fifteen minutes. Wow! So super quick, and it's essentially like taking mm. a drawing of what happened and then, and then uh, wiping it away, mm. and and replacing it with something much more positive yeah um so wow, that's, a, that's intense. yeah and something that i hadn't really th- had would have never considered or, or mm-hmm. thought of and um it's interesting when the therapist brought it up she said that well we can we can um go through some some verbal therapy and we can mm-hmm. kind of talk about what happened and process it which which i'm sure is is very useful for for people yeah. being verbal processors but um this is something that's being pushed forward as being much more useful. Mm. Um, it's in the same realm as uh, I believe it's EMDR, yeah. uh, which is very much the same, which uses uh, like uh, lights and, and noises. Mm. So it's very much stimulating the creative part of your brain okay. to to be able to fight back and to recover yeah. from.
from a traumatic event. How is it working, do you think? How do you feel? Good. Yeah? Good, yeah. So basically, um, it's helping you reframe the event. Exactly. Right? Okay. It, yeah, it, exactly. Like, you are the director of your own movie now. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm obviously still going to keep the factual part of the event, but yeah. now I'm able to visualize it in a much more positive way. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I went through a couple sessions with that, was able to, uh, to use that for a couple... Um, situations I've had in the last year and uh, yeah, I am super super happy with it mm-hmm. um, I have another I'm not sure when this coronavirus thing is gonna gonna blow over but I'm gonna have another session coming up here pretty mm-hmm. quick and uh, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm a huge huge supporter of it and yeah it'll be interesting to see like what the what the what the science says about it mm-hmm. coming up coming up in the next little bit but yeah, yeah. Like, it hasn't been studied very much uh, no, it's no. it's something that's come up in the last couple of years, and it's been it's been um, the offshoot of uh, some other therapies. And this is something that my therapist says that yeah, this hasn't been entirely studied, mm-hmm. but it's it's being supported by a huge uh, number of of researchers out yeah. there as being the next the next new thing, mm-hmm. right? So it's it's taking it's taking a taking therapy and and, uh, and it's therapy ART. For, yep. Okay. Yep. Accelerate recovery therapy. It's accelerate recovery. Yeah, therapy. it's it's okay. taking things in in a whole different direction. Yeah, hmm. right. And I like it. So yeah, I'm a I'm a huge supporter of it, and yeah, gonna definitely definitely keep using it for sure. Excellent. Yeah. Cool. So, man, like now you've been separated from those events now for a few months, and so when you go to work, um, is it easier to reframe it as you're learning how? Obviously it probably will become easier but are there still moments when you're at work basically where it's just really hard to be there right uh you know what yeah and um i I found that in the last year i'm definitely quite not susceptible i'm very sensitive to to Mm -hmm. to to calls or situations which involve suicide i'm yeah i'm I'm quite sensitive sensitive Mm -hmm. to that and um yeah um it's it's almost created a soft spot, a soft spot in mm-hmm. me in, in in terms of of how I respond to those situations and, and my thought process behind them and yeah. um, it's definitely had me thinking more of the person behind that so I think mm. quite a few times when we look at at suicide itself we um, I would say that not just in the old times, but culturally it's looked at as a selfish thing. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, like how yeah. could that person do that to their family? How could mm-hmm. they leave their family behind? And yeah. a lot of times we don't talk about what that person was experiencing leading up to that. And, mm-hmm. um, and, um, and the rationality behind that. And yeah. I think that a lot of times with, with, with mental health and with mental health, we, we don't stop to think that what this person is experiencing and the and uh, their thoughts and emotions mm-hmm. and their what's driving them. If we were in that situation, it'd be rational to us. Mm-hmm. Like they are doing what is rational to them in that point yeah. in time, despite all common sense behind that. And we mm-hmm. can look at that objectively and think that yeah, it's like how could they do that? It's selfish and mm-hmm. it doesn't make well, any some sense. Well, some people do look at it like that. Yeah, yeah for sure. And then yeah. but. And when, when you put yourself in that person's shoes, shoes and uh, just imagining what that that trauma must have been like and what yeah. what those experiences were, so yeah, I'd say that just in, in in terms of going to work, it's definitely made me more aware of the mental health mm-hmm. uh, behind a lot of situations, and yeah. it's definitely um, 
Yeah, I, I think it's just to be frank, it's 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 instilled in me a, a, a bit more compassion. Yeah, compassion for these people. Yeah, it makes sense. Right, like I will, like I will gladly take the extra five, fifteen minutes to to talk with somebody about about how their day's going or what, uh, yeah. or what's what's behind all that. And mm-hmm. um, it's definitely tough with with the workload and being in the area that the most of us are working in. It's there's lots of volume and. Mm-hmm. You know, you're pressured to kind of go from call to call, and uh, yeah. but there's something to be said for definitely taking your time and taking your time to just be a, a, be a human to somebody else. And God, that's so important, man. Right? Just taking that taking that five minutes that somebody else might not have taken, but if you mm-hmm. take that five minutes with that person, that's going to mean something to them down yeah. the road, right? So, and, and how is that? How is doing it like that impacted your relationship to those people, right? Like as yeah, right. I mean, people probably leave their feeling differently about officers than they did before yeah which is which is huge right like yeah um it's definitely a work environment where you can choose how you want to do it like you can there is no textbook guide to to the job Mm -hmm. you essentially choose you kind of get bits and pieces of how you've been taught Mm -hmm. but you like you put can put as much of yourself into it as you want and Mm -hmm. and um kind of direct how you want to want to approach things but yeah, like I'm huge into in, into taking that taking that extra step because you don't know. Like that person could have had a terrible experience with officers, or could have had a you know a lot of trauma. But if you take that time to kind of develop the the uh, um, just have that conversation, it's yeah, it, it 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 might have an effect on them in ways that that you might not not realize or you might and, never and, know, yeah. or, or or might never know, right? Yeah. Like. There are plenty of people that you come across. You you've spent ten minutes with them, but it might have an effect on them. It it might not, but you are but you might never know that, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm huge in, in taking that the extra five minutes for that person. Yeah, because when you when you put it that way, it doesn't seem like a lot because it is just an extra five minutes. Yeah, it really doesn't yeah. take a lot, right? To tell somebody you care about them, totally. You know, or to show them, right? Like, yeah, yeah. That's I mean. It's hard to look at anything like suicide and try to suggest positives, right? Like, mm. it's hard for people to do that. I don't mind doing it because I've attempted suicide and mm. I, I am comfortable with those reasons I had, right? Mm. Because like you said, in that moment, 100% rational. 100%. Mm. Otherwise, I would have yeah. called somebody. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, if totally. I felt like I was irrational, I would have called somebody. Maybe, right? But didn't feel that way. It, I mean... It's, it's so hard because, I mean, my, I think I, we talked about this, but my grandmother committed suicide, hmm. my dad's yeah. mom, when he was young. And, and so that has impacted all of us, even though it was a generation ago, and we yeah. never met her, Yeah. right? Like, none of us ever met her. Um, and it still impacts our family, though, right? Because mm-hmm. it, it is in, it's in our genetics. Yeah. Right? 100%. Yeah, and so that being said, it, it, it has lent... When you said that about compassion, that was what popped into my head. Was mm. that it, it gives us compassion, right? To be able to say, wait a minute. Like, I understand why we might think this is a selfish act, right? But let's just look at it a little deeper because I don't think it's selfish. Yeah. And, and it's definitely not meant to hurt anyone else. Yeah. Like, in a lot of cases, for, for me anyway, and people that I've worked with, a lot of the cases have been... I, w- I wanted to stop hurting other people. Yeah. I wanted to like not put my stuff on other people. 
I, want, I didn't want to have to like beg for help. I didn't want to have to do those things. And that's the furthest thing from selfish, really. Yeah. Like really totally. what the person is. I'm not saying it isn't selfish because really I don't think it is, but everyone's allowed to their opinion. Yeah, right? for sure. Um, I, I just think that it is a moment where you're incapable of thinking about anything but that moment, mm-hmm. right? And, and in that moment, everything seems okay. Yep. What you're doing seems like it's okay. Yeah. Right? Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. And I think what, what you're, what I'm hearing anyway, and I, I just think that we could all use more compassion every day, right? But especially when it's people who have died. Yeah. Right? Yeah, for sure. And, and being sensitive to the people that, that are directly, uh, directly impacted by, mm. by that death. Absolutely. Right? And um, it's easy to, to, to uh, being a first responder, to be able to go there and to try to detach from it and mm-hmm. just to look at it as a, as a process. Okay, mm-hmm. I can do the step by step and yeah. then we'll get to a conclusion and I can leave and, and uh, I'm going to leave some support here with these people, but mm-hmm. I, I, I can, can, can go home and, yeah. and leave. But that person is still left with the loss of a loved one, mm-hmm. right? So I think there's something to be said for, yeah, for, for, for being supportive to the people that are direct, directly affected by that. Yeah. Um, and, and like, do you, have you, in your experience, so when you lost your family member, mm-hmm. was there, did you experience a lot of people saying, well, if only, if only, if only? Oh yeah, man. Yeah. There's, there's so much guilt, so much guilt behind that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, um, yeah, I can, can definitely, can definitely see where that uh, guilt comes from. Mm-hmm. And you instantly think of the the last conversation that you had with that person. And if yeah. it wasn't positive, oh man, like I, yeah, I, that is, it's, it's so difficult. Mm-hmm. And, um, that, that guilt is, is a normal response to that. Yeah. Right. It's, it's, it's a normal response to that. And, um, yeah. And you definitely gotta have to, I mean, I think a huge step is is to recognize that what you're feeling at that point in time mm-hmm. as a reaction to that is completely normal. Yeah. And um, then it's taking it's making the the tough choice to take a step out of that to yeah. to fight your way back. Yeah. Right. Because it it doesn't just happen, and it's it's super easy to kind of kind of fall into other things, whether that's mm-hmm. a different vice or an addiction. But um, yeah. it's it definitely takes takes a ton of courage to to fight mm-hmm. back and to step out of that yeah for sure absolutely does it, it takes but it also takes placement right like it also means in order for like in my situation or people who have families around them and together because not everybody does not everybody has a family not everybody has someone they talk to every day mm-hmm. who's willing to listen right totally um and so being in a position where we can create some more compassion I think is a good idea, right? Like, because then we'll probably have less people committing suicide. Yeah, 100%. Honestly, like, yeah. I, I'm not, Straight I don't up. know what the percentage would be of people who commit suicide because of the negative um, things people say, right, about other people, but it's not impossible. I've, I've talked to some of my folks that I've worked with through the years, they thought killing, their, killing themselves was a good answer for like not having an income, right? Mm-hmm. And I mean, to me, that shows an evolution of our society for sure, where now suicide is becoming, maybe it always has been, and we just haven't talked about it, Yeah. but it seems to be becoming a little bit more vocal, at least in my ears anyway, um, people saying, well, I just can't afford to live, hmm. right? And so we've, we've now created a, um, 
a place where people don't want to talk about it, but they also don't want to live because they can't afford it, or, or whatever the reasons are now that are pushing people to commit suicide, mm-hmm. I am sure that finances have always been a part of that for yep. lots of people. Um, but as things get more expensive, it starts to become more of an answer. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, totally. And I think that we're in a very uh, dangerous moment in, in our culture mm-hmm. and in our history where that that might be some, some there's some people out there where that might be a, that might be their only viable viable yeah. option, right? Yeah. Is, 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 is to commit suicide. And I think of all the people that have uh, lost their jobs in the last couple of weeks and mm-hmm. the people that are con- going to continue to lose their jobs and yeah. continue to suffer. And it's... Um, yeah, I think it's it's it definitely puts a ton of of uh, social strain mm. on people with the expectations that they have to have yeah. to uphold and um, responsibilities and all that. And mm. yeah, I think like if you have, I and this is something I've I've shared with other people is that I think that the human psyche or the capacity to uh, to to cope with trauma and and. Mm stuff like that is is like a uh, a glass of water and you and, and you can only fill up that glass of water with so much before it's going to overflow mm-hmm. right so you got to find a way to find a way to deal with that and mm-hmm. yeah and compassion's huge and something that you, you talked about with uh, the uh, generational cycles mm-hmm. and um yeah um my uh, my mother is is first nations and and, and my dad's uh, filipino so mm-hmm. i have a a very unique Background yeah, in terms of in terms of, in terms of heritage, and yeah. it's uh, I uh, um, I call myself Asian because I'm uh, I'm a native and an Asian. I put them together. I'm, Did I'm you say Asian? Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, dude. <laughs> right. That's so awesome. <laughs> I don't think you could put two better cultures together, though. To be honest with you, yeah, it's like it's so unique. Yeah, man, but yeah. so unique, and both cultures are so wonderful, right? Like our not that all indigenous are one culture, of course. But, yeah, 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 yeah. I've I've uh, super fortunate to grow up with tons of Filipino food. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. All the noodles yeah. and the lumpia. Yeah, us yeah, too. So good. Yeah, so good, man. But my um, dad still preaches at the um, Filipino Free Methodist or Methodist Church in the Northeast. Okay. Yeah. Like I think it's once a month he does. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure he does it. Well, first of all, he loves Pastor Jose. Like yeah. they are just tight, those two. Awesome. But he loves the food. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. every time they have a service, there's a feast. Yeah, right after. Yeah, and you, that's you, right. And you want to stick around for the last little bit of that for sure. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, but uh, just even going back to on talking about talking about generations, mm-hmm. I even think of the the um, generational cycles of, of, of violence and, and trauma that the First Nations people had to experience. Mm-hmm. Right, going back, uh, going back a hundred years, and um, mm-hmm. just the effects that has had, and I think that that we can just sit back and see the effects of that. Mm-hmm. We can see the effects of, of that on the First Nations people in mm-hmm. in even Calgary alone. I think of the, the the homeless population, the people who who are most vulnerable and yeah. susceptible to to drugs and alcohol is 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 those people, and mm-hmm. and that's going back hundreds of years, right? And that's. That trauma with the residential schools—that's that's, that's mm-hmm. imprinted on their DNA and it's passed on to yeah. the next, to the next cycle. And um, yeah, I think that that we're definitely seeing the effects of that. Yeah. It's crazy to think about where, wow. where um, was your mom involved in residential schools um, or her mom maybe? No, but definitely her family before that was involved yeah. in that, and she was, I guess, part of what you would call the, I think, um, what's being. 
discussed now in the courts is the 60 scoop the scoop the yeah. 60 scoop um yeah. yeah she has definitely had family members that were that mm. were that were part of that and um and it's crazy because you think of the last residential school only closed within the last like two decades yeah right it's been 20 right. years right? 96. Yeah. 96 yeah yeah, yeah. so it's so just over Whoa. 20 years it's crazy right um yeah. Wow. Something that like was is talked about in social studies as being history. That's it's not it's not history to a lot of people. Yeah. That's something that their that their grandma or, or their parent just recently came out of, right? So yeah. so much there is so much so much trauma in that and we're seeing the effects of that and, and we're gonna continue to to see the yeah. effects of that until something something drastic is done. Yeah. Right. And um and yeah. What do you What do you think? Like you must think about this because your mom's indigenous, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what do you think about the Indian Act in our constitution? It's in our constitution, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah still in the constitution. Like I have a First Nation status card that mm-hmm. re- references um, uh, the Indian Act. Yeah. Right. And because um, some people think that's that thing. If that was just done done away with, right? We stop treating. Is that kind of the idea? To some people, yeah. 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 Like to just take it out of there because that being in there, everybody back to equal footing. Yeah. Yeah. And then you can make up the difference, but you can't make up the difference while you still have. Yeah, you can't. Yeah. Yeah. There's so so much um, uh, disparity, and Mm -hmm. there's only so much money that you can throw at that. Yeah. Right. And there's there 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 are quite a few um, few nations out there that are doing very well for themselves, Mm -hmm. and I even think of some of the nations on the east coast that are on the west coast rather that are making. Making good, making good money and profit in what they do on BC, and they've mm-hmm. been able to manage their their um, uh, territory effectively. And then I think of the the nations in in Manitoba where they're going without running water for yeah. the last fifty years plus. Yeah, right. And um, it's unreal. Yeah, it's 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 going to take something more than just throwing uh, money at 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 these. Well, we know these that's problems, not the right. Answer, it's right? not the answer, right? Yeah. And um, yeah, it's it's gonna take um, a lot more than what uh, reconciliation's calling for right now, and like yeah. I like I, I'm definitely supportive of, of reconciliation, but it's we gotta do more than more than just that, Way right? More. The more than just saying sorry. Oh yeah, that's yeah. not even reconciliation. In yeah, my mind. yeah, no, hundred yeah. percent. Because a lot of the people who are saying sorry, they're not really sorry. Yeah, yeah, right? no, or and, they've they they had. They had um, nothing to, to, to do with that historically, mm-hmm. and yeah. they're just the person who's like holding the uh, bag at the end of it all, who just has to try to try to try to make up for it. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's gonna take even more generations to mm-hmm. to uh, fight your way out of that for sure. Oh, I agree, man. Because this whole all the stuff with Wet'suwet'en that's mm-hmm. been going on with the blockades across the country and stuff. Yeah. Like I, it it really did bring out. I'm glad it did because I like to know who my friends are. Mm. And so it was really nice that it brought out a bunch of racists that I didn't know were racists, mm. right? Because I'm like, okay, stepping back. I was called a race trader mm. a few weeks ago because I, we have indigenous programming in Freedom's Path, the charity that I work for. Mm. We have uh, Wellbriety programming. And I, I am obviously vocal about my support of all indigenous, like, uh, in, in Turtle Island, but all across the planet because we've done the same thing everywhere we've gone, right? Colonial culture has absolutely tried to commit genocide, right? On, yeah. On the indigenous population. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, and 
everywhere across the planet where there's an indigenous population had the same experience mm -hmm. from some organized society that was trying to wipe them out, whether it was the Spanish when they went to Mexico. Yeah. Right? Like, it, it's kind of like historically what, I don't understand why it's taken so long for us to be, have the blinder taken off. Because we've been talking about indigenous issues in different parts of the world. Oh, for sure. Right? Yeah. But it's almost like when it comes to Canada and the indigenous populations um, here that we're taking their land, because we are, um, those populations, uh, we've just kind of ignored it. Mm -hmm. Like it's been a slow burn, right? Like it's been like this gradual, at one point it was really fast. We were giving them smallpox, <laughs> giving them all kinds of stuff. You know, down in the States, probably up here too, but they were massacring, like what was it, Wounded Knee? Right, yeah. wounded knee, yeah, wounded um, knee. and we do we've done that, but we still, for some reason, can't get it through our head that it's racist. Like, we don't like not you and me, not Darcy, but our government. Like they're still holding on to the fact that no, no, we're not racist. We're trying to make it better, but you can see that's where for me reconciliation is is not working. Yeah, because totally. I've seen in some churches. I've seen people talk about reconciliation, but make no attempts to bridge the gap, Yeah. right? Because they don't realize that if we bridge the gap, um, we have to then, in their minds, we have to acknowledge that their practices are okay. Yeah. And see, one thing the church won't do is say that practice is okay. Because to the church, a lot of people in the church, I'm not going to blame, not this church, I, I'm not specific. I'm not specifying which church, but many churches, because mm. I've been to different denominations and it's a similar thing. Yeah, no, it's okay. We, we really are sorry, but no, you can't smudge in here. No, you can't. You have to go around the corner to smudge. Well, that's not reconciliation. Yeah. Okay? First of all, smudging is incense. We burn incense in here when we do meditations up here. So you know what I mean? Like, so anywhere you go, those were the things that were starting to fall through yeah. for some of these churches. I'm, again, not every church, right? Mm -hmm. um, because there are exceptions to every rule um, and lots of anomalies, lots yeah. of good, compassion-filled churches, mm -hmm. right? Um, it just so happens that this reconciliation process has put people in a position where they don't have a choice. Yeah, which is which is unfortunate. And, yeah. I, and I think with the blockades, it's unfortunate that like these people felt that they needed to to step up and and essentially what you would call in in terms of the law to commit um, a, a public mischief and mm -hmm. and um, almost rioting and yeah and uh, some people have equated it to to terrorism which I think is a stretch but um, it's a big stretch but that yeah, sounds like the stretch. RCMP right there. yeah <laughs> that <laughs> right? sounds like the yeah. RCMP right and I think of yeah. like well is this no more terrorism than cultural genocide was. 50 years ago like it's and i think it's just a matter of convenience for in terms yeah. of the governments and society in general how, how we respond to it it's mm -hmm. it, it's convenient for us to simply say sorry but it's inconvenient to then start to give up ground to make up for that right yeah. like we're not not willing to give up a little bit to, which is where we've fallen yeah, short. which is where, where we've fallen short and yeah. um yeah and uh i think that and um Personally, I think that when it comes to 
to the indigenous people and mm-hmm. spirituality in churches. I think that, and I've, I've heard this from a, from a couple of people who I'm uh, who I've had this conversation with mm-hmm. that indigenous people are almost more spiritually connected than non-indigenous people. Oh, yeah. Like like we're talking about a entire race of people that um, acknowledged a, a creator. Yeah. From the dawn of, 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 of their inception in North America mm-hmm. acknowledge that there was what they called a, a great spirits and acknowledge mm-hmm. a creator. Now the practices and, and, and uh, the smudging ceremonies and all that is, is completely foreign to people raised in a Anglican culture from a European mm-hmm. culture. That is, that's what the savages did. But mm-hmm. when you think about it, like, they're, it's it's people who are in touch with the, with with their spirituality who yeah. are in, very in touch with um, with with uh, that 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 side of of of, of human consciousness that mm-hmm. I think that um, we're trying very hard to kind of push off yeah. off to the side and um, yeah and I think that like even just uh, growing up and the experiences I've had with with my with uh, some of my siblings and mm-hmm. um, uh, yeah, just um, the experiences, the spiritual experiences, and being able to to kind of talk about those with with my siblings and realize that yeah, like there's a lot more going on here mm-hmm. that is inherently cultural that goes to our genes, that's going back to our yeah. to our genetics, and yeah. which is going going back uh, generations, and mm-hmm. it's being able to, to reconcile that with with my Christian faith and yeah. and kind of seeing like where all that kind of comes into play. Mm-hmm. Which is a pretty, which is a pretty cool journey to to be on. I bet it is. Yeah, yeah, you're kind of walking the line a bit, hey. Yeah, yeah, for sure. As you figure, maybe, maybe not. Maybe it's blending in together, and mm. you know, I think it's possible. I think it is possible for all spiritual paths to blend together if we stop, if we don't focus on just the, the differences, mm. right? Um, but that again, it's my opinion. Yeah, yeah, and and um, and to to be completely honest, I. Um, I didn't spend a ton of time on the reserve um, mm-hmm. growing up, and I very much um, I grew up in the the uh, whitewashed uh, culture. Mm-hmm. To be to be completely honest, like mm-hmm. I grew up uh, like with with uh, with uh, tons of friends who who weren't who weren't First Nations or Indigenous, yeah. and I don't have a ton of ties to that, mm-hmm. but I can still see the effects of yeah. that on my life and, and, um, and uh, on my family and, and how I view other indigenous people and how I, mm-hmm. how I see that. And I'm for sure still kind of figuring out where I fall on, not necessarily the, the spectrum, but yeah. where, where my um, role comes into play mm-hmm. in terms of those interactions. And yeah. yeah, it's definitely something that, I don't have entirely figured out right now, and it's it's don't gonna take to. a while for me to to yeah. to to get there. But it's definitely a, a side of my heritage that I'm mm-hmm. very interested in. It, I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad you're interested in it because I think it's important, right? Like, but I think all of our like once we come to terms with who we are, we can then be extra compassionate, right? Mm-hmm. Because then when we come into terms with who we are, we're coming to terms with all of it, not just the good, not just the bad, yeah, but all of it together because that's what makes us whole. Right, mm-hmm. we we're not whole without our downside. Yeah, you know, we're just happy-go-lucky Pollyannas without the downside, and yeah. that's not realistic. Yeah, hundred percent. Right? Do so. Do you uh, do you go to ceremony at all, like indigenous ceremony? Yeah. So you know what? Um, I've been able to go to um, some uh, round dances in, okay. in the last 
the last couple of years. And uh, yeah. I guess one of my first exposures to that was when I went to last year up up in West Winds, and um, which was uh, kind of cool to be to be part of that. Yeah. Um, I I've never partaken in in a a, a sweat lodge or a, a, a smudging, but um, mm-hmm. just even being at a, a round dance and, and just hearing some of the music and the singing it's yeah yeah there's 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 something that's oddly familiar about mm. that right for yeah. for someone who who didn't didn't grow up with that right yeah. and who who grew up in in like suburban calgary as opposed yeah. to and in a church a, yeah like in the yeah. church and it's an entirely 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 different culture for sure right yeah. so um yeah it's it's definitely cool to go to that and see okay like this is where mm-hmm. some of my culture comes from. This is this is this is where uh, this is how that culture is is um, exercised and mm-hmm. how it's how it's displayed, which is really cool, right? So it's very cool, man. Yeah, very yeah. Cool. Definitely hoping to to, to uh, take part in in uh, more of that as as time permits. So there was a round dance up at Westwoods. Yeah, it was um, the summertime of last year. Oh, okay. Yeah, and they they have them frequently up but there was one at the genesis center a couple months ago that yeah uh, i, I yeah. saw that i thought yeah. that was the one yeah yeah which is which is super cool so cool man yeah, yeah. and um darcy's wife michelle robinson yeah she hangs out with uh whenever there's a ceremonial dance or, or event she's usually with the cps diversity team oh cool with alan and them mm-hmm. so she hangs around with them quite a bit um and she's indigenous she's cool. Dene, right Dene from up north yeah yeah um, and, and your mom is she from Sixka or no? So my mom is uh, Stony. Stony, okay. Stony, yeah. yeah is that which, Stony Nakota? Yeah. yeah. Nice, dude. I'm remembering shit. I'm usually <laughs> so like bad with that stuff. Dude. I thought I might actually see your mom last year. We went to. Um, I can't remember if she posted it on Facebook or something like that. But I, I thought maybe I'd bump into her because we went up to Ochis Nation for okay. a hoop of a hundred feathers. That, Interesting. So Don Coyas is this guy who started this movement down in the States, the Well Variety Movement. He runs an organization called White Bison. Okay. And they, they created this hoop of 100 feathers. And what was it again? Do you know the, why it was created? Well, because the elders told him they need to bring everybody together. Oh, so yeah. they literally brought every like, uh, indigenous nations from all over the world. Cool. Contributed eagle feathers to this. Wow. So they have eagle feathers yeah. from like Australia, New Australia, Zealand, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. super neat. Africa. It was cool. Wow. Yeah. I thought I'd see your mom up there, but we were up there. It was so cool. They did the, They brought the hoop in, and it had all the feathers, and then they had speaker, um, a speaker from, I can't remember the name of the tribe in, in New Zealand, but she was one of their holy people, so mm-hmm. she was there talking. It was so cool, man. Like, just everybody coming together. There's a whole bunch of people there that none of us really belong there. <laughs> <laughs> right? I don't know what's going on, but I, I just, what I really love about it is the togetherness, hmm. right? I love the sense of community you get when, whenever I go to do anything on a reserve, it, there's always a sense of community, right? Or any sort of ceremony, there's a, such a sense of community, right? If you ever want to do a sweat, let me know, because we have lots of connections to, to do sweats. Like, hmm. I love taking sweats. Um, I have no problem mixing and matching my spiritual paths because I, I found through my journey was that the spiritual path is very broad, right? Mm. And, and it's, it's all dependent on where we were born, really, what we were raised with, right? Like 
Christianity. It came from a time where there was not much else going on, right? Like, it's all time and space kind of stuff that makes me feel much more content when I'm more open, right? Like, open to blend in Buddhism, blend in Hinduism even, or creationism or whatever, right? And being able to see... I think that's what people are kind of afraid of about indigenous spirituality is because it's so open, right? It's not dogma. It's not dogmatic. It's not you will follow these rules or you're going to hell. Like, it's not that. So I think, to, in my mind, as a Christian, who is a born Christian anyway, no longer identify as Christian, but was raised in that, it, it, that path led me to this path, right? And so what I, what I have a hard time with, and I don't know, this is like, I'm going off on a tangent a little bit. It's <laughs> so good, Cause, man. Because we're talking about this, and so obviously my brain starts thinking about God. Oh, it, it just creates so many different avenues. Yeah. So many different, different. it's not even tangents, it's just the thought, thought patterns and processes that you can jump off of, and one idea kind of leads to another, mm-hmm. but ultimately you think of, Going back to our creator, going back, going back to God, and exactly. thinking about that, and it's interesting. You even talked about um, like even growing up in because I, we, uh, I spent the first ten years of my life at the Free Methodist Church. Yeah, right. And out in Spring Bank. Yeah, out yeah. and um, off off Eighty Fifth Street there, right. Mm-hmm. And just being so uh, super conservative, and and I've had this conversation with my wife quite often about I grew up in a very conservative. Christian environment and even yeah. the church that we're going to now, which is Pentecostal and mm-hmm. the differences in between Baptist or Methodist Christianity and then going to something that's Pentecostal, more talking about the Holy Spirit and, mm-hmm. and being and being involved in that is it's it's almost like night and day. I remember the first time first time I went there and just being in it's a different kind of atmosphere, different energy, yeah. like, oh like like this almost like there was part of me that wanted to say, Oh, like this is this is wrong. This is this yeah. is too much. But then the more that I've, the more time I've spent there, I'm like, the people are are, are so much more connected to, yeah. to the spirit and and that's um, a cool thing. And it's it's just super cool. And that very much just op- opened up uh, my eyes to, yeah. to to that opportunity and to seeing that there's so much more than 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 what I was raised in growing mm-hmm. up in that that kind of conservative background. And yeah, yeah it definitely just opens up opens up. Uh, your your heart and your mind to to have to have different different conversations mm. and uh, just to see things from a different lens for sure. Yeah, yeah. I th- I think it's just cool to be open, right? Like, I I don't I don't not believe in any of it because I don't know. I just I'm open to, like I I kind of believe in all of it to a certain point, right? Because I I believe obviously God, like that's what I believe. There's a God. I'm not it. <laughs> I don't know what God wants me to do half the time, so I just try not to get in the way, right? Like, mm. and um, I think that's pretty much the best I can do. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, the belief is there in in terms of the Creator, right? Like the Creator, the concept of the Creator makes a lot of sense to me, right? Um, obviously, it makes a lot of sense to lots of people because we feel like we were created, you know, purposefully, and um, and I think however we were created, it was on purpose. Like, just we just don't know who put it in motion, right? So we all think we know, because we all want to know. We all want to be comfortable in our knowledge, right? And the reality is, I believe all of it's true. Like, the, the words are different because it's different places, different times where these things were created. Um, but again, I don't want to get off on a tangent on that, because I could, right? And Darcy <laughs> yeah. had yeah, to bear we could, witness. We could, we could sit and talk for another, <laughs> another, another hour about yeah. About some of those tangents, for sure. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, 
is there anything else you want to tell us, man? Like, anything else you want to talk about? Like, what do you, so your life now, you've kind of talked about some of the treatment you've been doing yeah. to, to deal with that stuff. And do you find that time now, plus the treatment, the work that you've done has put you in a position, obviously, where you're more compassionate? Yeah, for sure. Do you find you're more effective that way, too? Yeah, you know, um, I, I definitely find that I am much more willing to share those experiences and mm-hmm. and like I'm super I, I have a ton of uh, I, I just have tons of tons of like just tons to say about peer support and mm-hmm. and sharing your experiences with with somebody else yeah. to, as, as, as in, like in, in as much as they want to hear hear from you right mm-hmm. and and um, yeah I'm I'm so very very much for uh, if, 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 if I have a teammate who's, who's experiencing something that I experienced at that, in mm. the same kind of, kind of atmosphere, the same, the same level, I'm more than happy to, to have that conversation. And, um, yeah. yeah, it's, it's very much instilled a desire to, you know, to share my experiences and mm. to share, and to share the, the good that that's come out of that. Yeah. And, and I think that 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 time is uh, very much uh, necessary and in, 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 into healing and to in, on those paths of recovery. Mm-hmm. I think that you definitely need to take that time, but you have to really make that choice to to to, to fight back and to to step yeah. out of out of where you are. And that a hundred percent comes down to choice. Yeah, like, but but you choice. have to make that choice, yeah. and you gotta have to have to take that first step and mm. and to also know that, that there that there are people out there who have gone through something that not the same but very much yeah what uh it's going to be similar to, to what to what you went through mm. so finding those people and being able to have and to be the uh, willingness to, to be vulnerable yeah right i think that but that we're in a culture where it's you know keep it to yourself mm-hmm. be strong but there is so much to say about, about courage when it comes to being vulnerable and to, yeah. and to you know, step outside that comfort zone and to, to have that conversation because mm-hmm. someone that, that you might have worked with for a long period of time might have gone through something similar and there's so much to be said for just having that conversation and just yeah. kind of seeing where that goes and, yeah, yeah. just having, having that conversation is huge. Cool. Now, Thank you very much, man. No problem, man. Appreciate Anytime. you. Anytime. Thank you for tuning in this week to the Voices in Recovery podcast. Please stay tuned every Wednesday as we air another episode. Thank you for your time. And please, if you're in trouble, reach out. If you need to contact us at www.freedomspathrecoverysociety.ca or you can look for us on Facebook under Freedoms Path Recovery Society. Thank you again for tuning in. Please stay tuned for upcoming groups, activities, and podcasts.